Hi, and welcome to the next edition of Minutes with McHale. I'm Dan McHale from SRI Executive Search, and I am ecstatic to be joined today by my guest, Jason Donnelly, the Athletic Director at Furman University. Jason, welcome to the pod. Dan, it's great to see you, and um, we had a chance to catch up as we got started, but you and I used to get to see each other a lot back in our Big East coaching days, and uh, it's really nice to see you uh, and reconnect with you recently. Uh, you bet, man. Those were some great days. Unfortunately, uh, I was on the losing end a good amount of time as we were building Seton Hall, and you had Villanova rolling towards national championship status. But uh, a lot of fun battling that back in the day, and uh, just great to connect with you now in, in a couple of different roles, different hats that you and I are wearing. But let, let's talk hoops for a second. You guys yeah. are obviously experiencing a ton of great success at Furman, and the athletic department is really thriving with all your sports. But your men's basketball team capped off an amazing season couple months ago and, and, and advanced in the NCAA tournament with a thrilling victory. Let's just talk about that for a second. How was that? Yeah, we're really blessed. We've got an incredible uh, men's basketball and women's basketball head coaches, but our men's basketball coach, Bob Ritchie, has just done a phenomenal job uh, here at Furman. He started here as an assistant and has been here for about 12 years now, uh, was promoted to the head coaching position about five or six years ago, and he has built an incredible program. Uh, they average over 20 wins a year. He's got over 100 wins already. Uh, as a head coach, one of the youngest, uh, most successful coaches in the country. And um, it's been great. We went on a great run this past year where uh, we were clearly in a position to um, win our conference. It came down to us and Sanford, and uh, they had a great season, and we did as well. We won the game at their place to close out the season and win wow. the outright regular season championship. Then we went to the tournament, uh, had two great seniors who had returned, uh, Jalen Slauson and Mike Bothwell, for the chance to uh, advanced the NCAA tournaments. We won the SOCON tournament. Uh, and then the biggest thrill for our institution was, was the win against number four seed Virginia in the NCAA tournament. And this has been a part of a, a strategy. I'm really fortunate to, to be here with a great coach and with a great president and leadership that has really bought into utilizing athletics as an asset and, and, and basketball really as a, as a gateway to success for institution. But the boom that we have seen uh, through a successful basketball program uh, in our city, in our state, in our region, and now nationally and internationally, um, utilizing basketball as, as a success driver. The, just the metrics are through the roof, the fundraising's through the roof, the exposure for the universities through the roof. And we spend time with our board of trustees. This was kind of a strategic investment, even bringing me as the athletic director with a basketball background. Um, we want to have the investment that'll pay off in the key performance indicators, such as admissions, advancement. Uh, media exposure, uh, all those different things that you want to have happen for your institution. And fortunately at Furman, we're seeing all of those things come together. Um, but as you can see behind me, just uh, on the shelves here, the Furman's not just a basketball school. Right, right. Um, we haven't been to the NCAA tournament in 40 years in basketball, but it's got a, it, it wow. has a successful brand in football and soccer and cross country and tennis and golf and uh, just a great history and lineage of success in sports. But for basketball to get that kind of attention for the institution has just been wow. unbelievable. No, that's terrific. It was uh, it was fun to watch and just an incredible uh, ride and the joy you see on the players' faces as, as former coaches. We know how how much that means. But you, know, you touched upon it. Athletics is the front porch of the university, and and the more success that we have, the more the growth of the university uh, as a whole has. But uh, just kind of talk to me about your your current role as the athletic director and and the challenges you face and, and kind of what your main response uh, responsibilities are. Yeah, and that's why I love seeing you do doing what you're doing, um, you know, because I look back at where our journeys went through in terms of coming up as, you know, assistant coaches and going through that process and growing right. and, and, you know, leading your way up a bench and getting to the point of being able to run your own shop. And 
Uh, for me, this, this has been a great opportunity to um, lead the athletic department here. I'm the vice president for intercollegiate athletics. Uh, I work as a part of the president's cabinet. Uh, there's about 10 or 12 of us that report directly back to her in terms of the, all the different operations and aspects of the institution. Uh, and that's everything from enrollment to finance to student life to, to DEI and advancement. Um, but the beauty of this job for me at a small private institution in Greenville, South Carolina, uh, is that Furman, uh, through athletics, we can accomplish anything, uh, but we also have to understand we can't do everything as a smaller school. We are tuition-driven, which means we're dependent on our enrollment to do the things that we do. Uh, but the things that we do here in terms of things I'm responsible for is we have an 18 varsity sport profile. Uh, we have uh, roughly 100 staff, 350 to 400 student athletes per year, and uh, a very successful historic athletic department uh, that's always been really good at, at everything we've done. We've been blessed uh, because we're the number one academic school as well in our conference, the Southern Conference uh, down here in South Carolina. So <laughs> I love it. It's a great job. Uh, I love coming to work every day. Got highly motivated student athletes, coaches, staff. And really where we focus our time and energy to is, is we want to be the best when it comes to student athlete experience, the health and well-being, um, the people that come through here. And I think we grade out incredibly well in terms of how we deliver on that. Right. Uh, the second thing that we really prioritize is graduating complete student athletes. And we have one of the highest graduation success rates in the country. Um, we routinely produce, I think we had um, 250 out of 350 student athletes were all above a 3.0 this past semester, wow. uh, which is just unbelievable. The amount of 4.0 students that we have uh, highly successful. Um, it is interesting. Our men's basketball team, um, not only did they win that game against Virginia, uh, but they also won the NCAA tournament academic bracket, wow. which is based on APR. So they're the only program besides Villanova uh, in the last three years to get an NCAA tournament win with a thousand APR, which is just unbelievable. That's amazing. Uh, That's the really years, we're competing for championships and we're, we're yeah. raising money. And, you know, one of the biggest things we've got to do is we've got to really tap into our donor network. Um, and it's the same as you're doing with SRI. You, you've got to have a network of people that support what you're doing and understand the bigger picture and the energy right. that comes with it. But um, we're tapping into our donor network to support our success. And that will be supporting capital projects. We're doing an arena renovation, um, which we're expecting to complete the funding this summer and do construction next year. And um, we're trying to fund the scholarships. You know, we've got great donors that understand what we're trying to do at a school of our size and scale. Oh, that's terrific. No, you're right. I mean, it's all about people you surround yourself with. We know that uh, as young coaches and recruiters and now uh, dealing with fundraisers and, and people uh, that want to help give the university um, a, a chance to succeed is what it's all about. But let's turn back the clock a little bit. Let's talk. Yeah. Uh, put your, your coaching hat back on. You got into this awesome business of NCAA uh, athletics as a young coach. Talk about your first job, who gave it to you, who your mentors were, and how you really got started in, in the college athletics world. Yeah, I was really fortunate that my first job actually came from my college head coach, Dave Madera, uh, who was the head coach at Muhlenberg College. And uh, he took a chance on me as a young 20-something-year-old uh, who was interested in coaching. And and um, at that point in my life, I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. Um, but Scott McClary, who was his assistant coach who had recruited me, uh, someone you probably know and is currently still coaching. Sure. Um, Scott has been my mentor in coaching and, and someone who's really guided a lot of aspects of my career, which really speaks to me, the student athlete experience, that when you make that connection with a coach or you make that connection with an administrator and you have someone that really has your best interests at heart, 
and they guide you through that process. But I started out as a Division three assistant coach at Muhlenberg College. I uh, had a chance to get my first taste of NCAA tournament success. Uh, we advanced on our championship there. And then my journey led me to Washington, D.C., uh, again, through Scott McClary, who had gone there ahead of me. And um, we got a chance to work for Hall of Fame uh, coach Morgan Wooten right. uh, and his son Joe Wooten as a part of the Wooten family. And, and that was DeMatha High School and Bishop O'Connell High School. And really, I consider that my formative years. I mean, these right. are things that you and I have talked about, your experiences with Coach Patino and Coach Willard and and what those experiences, that mentorship meant for you. But uh, really the foundations of my basketball um, success, the foundations of my basketball values, my on my personal values, things that are really important to me began at that time period. Uh, from there, uh, after six years, and I was on a, we would call it the Mike Bray plan. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, I think one of the most important things in coaching is you have to look at people that you admire and, and you watch that their, their arc. But Mike Bray had been an assistant for Morgan Wooten and was blessed with the opportunity to eventually have a chance to go work for Coach Krzyzewski, which led him to Delaware and then to Notre Dame. Right. Um, I tried to follow a similar path. You know, I was willing to do whatever it took to make my way in coaching, and no sacrifice was too was too big. No, no job was too small. Um, I worked with great coaches coming up where we just were willing to to learn and work and grow and inspire and enjoy uh, being a part of the game, and uh, that led to a connection with Villanova with head coach Jay Wright, um, and Coach Wright took a chance on me to join his staff at a time where he had a really strong growing program, uh, a really dynamic staff that was focused on the Northeast, uh, New York, New Jersey, and Philadelphia. And he wanted to get down into Washington, D.C. It was a part of him hiring me and some others later on uh, as a part of that staff. But I joined Coach Wright's staff and steadily moved in through the ranks all the way from director of ops to assistant coach to lead assistant, special assistant, and then migrated out of coaching after I had our third child and got into administration, which was really an area that transferable skills, you know, you right. go from coaching right. and recruiting and developing and transferable skills and administration to fundraising and, and program management and um, working across the campus. And, and that just really fit. Um, uh, coaching was great. People ask me all the time, do you miss coaching? And I love coaching, but the sacrifices of coaching are really hard on a family, right. as you know. And um, I'm really happy doing the work that I'm doing here in administration because I still I still get to be a coach. I still get to work with our student athletes. I get to work very close with our coaches. I get to shape the mission, but I love being involved in college athletics. And um, I still consider myself an educator going back to my days when I was a, a high school coach and a high school teacher and, and just really enjoying being a part of the game. No, tremendous journey. And I was thankful to, uh, to be with you for a large part of that as well, competing against you coaching and, and just, so excited for your success now yeah. and come, but it's great battles. <laughs> we did, we did. Dan, you, you were always one of the guys that everyone admired for your steady, uh, your steadiness in in the field and, and working in, in different. It's a volatile environment, you know. Yeah. Relationships, you're great relationships. Um, you, you were successful in terms of X's and O's and all the different things you're doing. And um, I was not surprised as you took the steps you did in career. Um, you know, in a Big East and the head coach and, and, and all these great programs. And I think for both you and I, you go through a process where you say, OK, do you want to keep this journey of coaching, which is a it's a vocation, but there's sacrifices that come with it. And right. you got to figure out what your um, what your tolerance is for those sacrifices and also what the opportunities are. But um, we really enjoy working with search firms, for example. Some of my best mentors now as an A.D., um, are actually search firms. You know, they're people right. that work with us, that understand the business, that give you advice, that 
have been there before and you're leaning on in terms of building your program and taking where you want to go to. And I'm, I'm so happy that you're in this role right now. No, I appreciate that. You're right. It, it, we, we accomplished a, a lot in our careers and we still have a lot more to give. So it's really my, my stage of my journey. And I think you feel the same way. It's about giving back and mentoring mm-hmm. and, and really just shaping uh, young lives because we had a lot of people like we talked about that were great mentors to us. So it leads me kind of my next thing. What, what advice would you give to the young people that 21, 22 year old young Jason's and Dan's of the world that are trying to break into to the college athletics industry? Looking back, what, what would be one or two things you would, you would you know advise to some young kids? Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely believe a big part of our role is to pay it forward. Um, you know, I spent as an athletic director, we spent a lot of time with our senior team, um, and really trying to have the culture and the environment that we want to provide for our department through them uh, and their leadership skills. And then by, by virtue of that, also our head coaches. Uh, but as a look at our younger generation, people that are coming up that want to be in coaching and want to consider this. I think uh, the number one thing is you got to have a passion for what you do. Um, you, you know, you have to love either that sport or you have to love uh, the, the, the desire to want to give back to an institution. You have to love if it's fundraising, if it's operations, whatever it is, you got to have a passion for it is that you're choosing to get yourself into. Um, and for me, I get to see it across all the different sports, whether it's football or soccer or basketball. But when you are really drawn to what that is, the mission and the vocation of it, I think it's really important. Uh, the second most important thing I think you need to do is, in, in both of our cases, we did this, is you have to attach yourself to really good people. Absolutely. And, you know, when you have good people that you can view as mentors and people are going to help grow your career, uh, you know, both you and I are the beneficiaries of Hall of Fame coaches who believe yep. that what we could do and they help mold our careers. And then for them, they, they look at other people in their in their tree to say, hey, this person can help you and they're going to be loyal to you and they're going to help you achieve your goals with an unselfish um, agenda. And I, and I think the third thing is, is you got to be willing to make sacrifices. And I really think that's one of the hardest things for today's generation is that I think for us getting into this, like we kind of knew like, it didn't matter to me how much money we made early right. on. It didn't matter to me how much time we gave in. It didn't matter to me where I was living early on. I, I just wanted to be a part of it in the best possible situation. And I was willing to do whatever that took. And I also kind of knew that we had a window, you know, like those first 10 years out of college would have gone anywhere, would have done anything. Right. Uh, wasn't married, no kids, no mortgage. There was nothing that I had to worry about as an attachment. Um, you know, I was really married to the work and married to the, the opportunity to, to grow, but I think you have to be willing to make sacrifices and that can be at any stage in your career. It may be uh, early on, you may have a great situation, but midway through your career, you might say, Hey, this is a sacrifice that's worth taking for yeah, sure. career or family. Um, but I think anyone that's been really successful at the highest possible level has made that sacrifice. And the sacrifice is different for everyone. Um, it could be time. It could be money. It could be opportunity. It could be willing to willingness to put yourself in that situation. But, you know, early on in my career, I was willing to do whatever it took um, to be available, to grow, to learn, to network, to, to, to meet people in this career. And, um, you know, sometimes now I, I almost laugh. I'm like sitting in a chair as an AD. I never imagined <laughs> being an AD. It wasn't on my yeah. list of things. Um, but in this role, I have a chance to, to help young coaches coming up and give them the best advice and opportunity to move forward from here. Yeah, no, you you hit the nail on the head. It's it's loyalty, and and it's it's it took us, a, you know, many many great places because loyalty is a two way street, and I think that's the advice that I give to the young kids that are trying to get into coaching or administration or just want to have their hand in the athletic department. Um, you know, it's different now, different now than when we were coming up. You know, we'll, we'll touch upon this last topic, 
But uh, NIL didn't exist, and yes. it's here to stay, and, and it's used the right way. You know, I think we're both proponents of it, and it's it's great for the student athletes. And you know, I think you and I both got into coaching for many reasons, but the main one was to to mentor student athletes. I mean, that was my my most favorite part is just being in the gym with these 18, 19, 20 year olds and developing the relationships with them and having them over your house for the team dinners and, and family dinners. That was the best part. And it still is. Um, NIL's changing a little bit. It's changing the game. Just kind of talk about it from your perspective as a former coach and now an athletic director and, and how it kind of shapes uh, your student athletes at Furman. Yeah. And I think you said it best. I and mean, we're both proponents um, because I think, you know, for me, I can remember, you know, being a young assistant and having guys in the team and, and they didn't have a lot of opportunities or resources that were available to them. I mean, like you think about even like the summertime, they, they couldn't run camps or work camps or, right. you know, get compensated for what they were doing. You know, they, they could do things the same as everyone else. There was a lot of restrictions on them, but given the time and also the value they were bringing institution, the, the levels weren't quite there. Um, I am a proponent uh, for name, image, and likeness. I think it's a really important thing for the student athletes. And um, I, I do appreciate the opportunities that it, that it affords people in the sport. And I do like the fact that it's diverse enough that it can benefit anyone from a, a football star to a basketball star, also right. to, uh, you know, potential Olympians. Like we've got potential Olympians in, in track and field or golf or wherever this is headed. And every sport's governed differently. Um, you know, the golf example is that in order to, to keep amateur status, they can't take it, you know, right now. And that's, right. that's a, that's a discussion that's about to come on as well. But um, I think the challenge with NIL, um, unfortunately, is it's uncovering a little bit of the business side of, of the sports industry that has not been discussed before when it comes back to the revenue distribution amongst the athletes. And uh, for us at a smaller school at Furman, we're tuition dependent, so we're not in this space at the moment. Um, but the Clemsons and the South Carolinas in our state or certainly the Alabamas in our region, um, the money that's coming into the athletic departments that are sponsored through TV and different rights, uh, the distribution conversation is going to have to be there in terms of revenue distribution. My only worry with NIL over time, and it's not an immediate thing now, um, as much as we talk about resources not being infinite, the resources may not be, in, they, resources may be available for some of the larger schools or the larger TV contracts where they can support certain things at certain levels. Um, there is going to be a contraction at some point if you don't have enough resources to support everyone. Right. Um, you know, we really believe strongly in the student athlete model in terms of sponsoring opportunities at the division one level. Uh, we want those opportunities for as many athletes as we possibly can. Um, if anything, we're making really good progress and headway with our administration. Think about growing sports and growing opportunities uh, in this landscape in terms of what the opportunities are at Furman and, and, and in our region. Um, but I do worry that um, it could get a little top heavy. You know, like mm -hmm. we, you know, we're emphasizing revenue generation sports and football and basketball here at Furman. Um, and I think at other schools where they are making revenue in certain sports, it does make sense. But it, it could become problematic down the road. Right. If if there's just no if the distributions start to affect your ability to operate, um, you know, you're going to have the buckets, you have NIL, you're going to have annual giving, you're yeah. going to have season ticket holders, you're going to sure. have all corporate stuff. But um, if those resources become less or contract over time, if it's not sustainable, the model could get hurt. And uh, it could take away potentially opportunities for for athletes. But from a top level down, it's a it's a really good thing. It's really good for the student athletes. It's just something in our industry we got to continue to monitor and figure out. Yeah, no, it's it's a hot topic and it's it's the buzzword of every conference you go to and um, every game. And you know we're we're under great leadership and you know it's for student our student athletes to get compensated. It, it just 
it makes for a, a better experience at all levels for them. But, uh, you know, exciting times. It really is. And, um, you know, I really want to just thank you for coming on the, the pod today and great to reconnect with you. And it's, it's, it's clear to see that the firm and paladins are, are just a skyrocketing in, in the, the top of the, uh, top of the NCAA under your leadership. And I just really appreciate you coming on. We're in a great space and I'd love to get you down here to Greenville whenever you can. That'd be great. Well, he is the vice president of intercollegiate athletics for the Furman Paladins, Jason Donnelly, and I am Dan McHale with SRI Collegiate Executive Search, and I appreciate you coming on, and we will see you next time. Thanks, Dan. Great to see you.